welcome to WBN, We Belong Network, and our new, brand new show, 13th Floor. I'm your host, Wayne Townsend, and I'm sitting here with the CEO of WeBelong.org, Mr. Bess, who's serving as my co-host today, and today we have a special guest. Our special guest today is uh, Jeffrey Tolentino. He's the Director of Veteran and Service Members for Congressman Adrian Espinot. Espaillat. Espaillat, <laughs> uh, New York 13th Congressional District, and the Wounded Warrior Fellow. Okay, let's get some of that business out of the way We're first. Uh, we were talking off air, and uh, Jeffrey, I call you Jeffrey, right? Yep. All right, so Jeffrey was explaining to us that this is different from the Wounded Warrior Project. Yes. Right, so let's get into that real quick. What's the difference? Because our listeners out there may still, I, I, I have to admit, I was ignorant to the fact that this is different and and. Congress is kind of moving on from that program, correct? Correct. All right, so explain that first of all. So, yeah, but thanks for being here. Uh, no, thank you. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, the Wounded Warrior uh, Project is a program that was meant to help out veterans who have come back, recently come back from uh, combat mm -hmm. conflict and who have gotten injured, severely injured. And uh, there is a fundraising campaign for it and stuff like that. But the Wounded Warrior Fellowship Program is totally different. You don't, you don't contribute to it. You don't do donations to it. Um, what it is is a program that Congress made for recently uh, separated veterans, and uh, you have to be 30% disabled uh, to qualify, and you have to have an honorable condition. You can be from, I believe, E1 to E5, and from uh, O1 to uh, O3, I believe. And uh, it, it, what it is is just we have a lot of veterans. The issues is we have a lot of veterans who get out of the service, can't find a, you know, can't find or land a job that they want, and so the fellowship program is to get them on their feet. That we are introduce you to work for a congr congressional elected official, or you can work for a committee in Congress, as a as a veteran just getting out of the service. So that's it was more of a it's, it's a program as a stepping stone. And so, like um, my congressman, he's never had a veteran who was active duty to work for him, and I'm the first veteran, and I've and I've done a lot to open up his eyes, and, and and it's like he appreciates everything that our veterans go through, and I have so many cases that I go through with veterans, and I help them out even from finding a job to landing a place to live. And so the program, we're, we go through extensive training. We even go to the Pentagon to, see, to, to learn how to do our job better and uh, to do a congressional correspondence and inquiries. Um, so it, it's a huge broadband of work, and it's amazing because I got to meet a lot of people, and I do every day. Including you, you, both of you. Oh, thanks. So it's an honor. Appreciate that. So you said you go to the Pentagon for training. So who who runs the training? So, so who who funds this organization? So the, the the program, the director of the program itself is uh, Philip Kikos. He's the chief uh, chief administrator uh, office officer actually for the House of Representatives, and uh, Nancy Pelosi actually has a huge uh, push to it as well. Uh, okay. She pushes out for members of Congress to really hire and look for veterans to work for their staff. It makes a huge difference. Um, there, this has caused a lot of uh, veterans to now want to step up and run for elected officials from the city, and it, and it really pushes our veterans' organization or our veterans' community to come out. Um, now, I do a lot of constituent cases, and I do some uh, legislative stuff as well, um, but something that I've noticed, like there's a different era of veterans. They have the Iraqi veteran, mm -hmm. Iraqi Afghanistan veteran mm -hmm. era, and then you have the Vietnam era. The Vietnam veteran era is more of the veterans who, yes, they have the help, and some of them don't want to talk about it, or they, want to, they don't want to be part of that veterans 
community because of the way they were treated when they got back. And then you have the Afghanistan and, and, and Iraq veterans who are proud to be you know, veterans and they, they will show it off. And so what I, what I do is I take, I do events where we can all collide and we can all contribute together as one. And uh, it, it, it's those who were in the Vietnam era, we have, I kind of like push them like, hey, you deserve better. And so this is what we're gonna do for you and this is how we're gonna help you. And those who are Afghanistan and, and Iraq era are like, hey, I deserve this, this, and that. I'm like, yeah, you do. Let me help you out. This is how you got to do it. Right. As far as GI Bill, anything that we can help you, I can get my hands on, I will help you. Now, you said um, you gave a rank, right? So why is there a rank restriction? I know you said I, you said E1 and E5, so how come senior enlisted are not? I, I guess when you get out of the military as a senior enlisted uh, personnel, you, you're with honorable conditions. The Army and the DOD and the VA has this mindset of, hey, you're a senior, you know, you're a senior NCO, you should already know no, what you want. What, right. There's not a lot of senior NCOs who get out as four years in service. No, obviously, yes. So, so. They, by then, they've already done eight to nine years of service. Correct. Even though, even as an officer as well. Majority, I guess there's a huge majority portion of the military that come from military academies as officers, who graduate from military academies as officers. So you're, by then, I guess you already expect to know no. what you want to do, what career path you want to have. Now, Jeffrey, I find that I find that fascinating because uh, it's been my experience that that's that rank is the rank that falls between the cracks. But you're absolutely right because I, I'm so glad, and and I, this is education in itself, and I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad you, uh, you're able to share that information with our listeners because that is the the crux of of vet that we're trying to reach out to yeah. that four year vet. That fought that eight-year vet, you know, who 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 didn't um, stick it out like yeah. you know some of us did, you know. <laughs> but um, so that's uh, that's amazing and that's uh, fascinating. And, and believe it or not, like the suicidal rate, unfortunately, for veterans yep. is between the ranks of E6 and E7, E5. And yeah, we find it in junior enlisted soldiers, but it's mostly this this the senior NCOs who feel stuck mm -hmm. because a lot of the times. Nobody, we all want to hit retirement, but we're nobody's ever ready for it. <laughs> and we hit retirement, and that first three months, you're happy, and then you're just bored. You just don't know what to do anymore. Right. And, and I guess for like those those veterans that fall in that crack, sometimes they'll apply to jobs and they have too much experience. And then some jobs they don't have much experience. They were just a senior NCO, a senior you know non commissioner officer. And, and I guess that's where the crack begins. Um, like there's this one veteran that I know I'm I'm trying to help out as much as I can, trying to get a you know a place to live, and he has a good job, but it's not the job that he wants because he's applied to the jobs that he really wants, but he doesn't fall in that criteria. Hmm. So how do you help them? Do you direct them to another program? Or? So I do everything I can to get involved with the local communities, right? The state communities, you know, the, the state offices as well, and you know a lot with the New York City uh, veterans. Uh, what is it? The New York City. Uh, the veterans, uh, yeah, they changed their title too. They, yeah, they, they changed their name too. They that they got a new commissioner. Yes, uh, yes. very recently, and um, yeah, it's, I think it, I want to say New York City Department of Vet yes. Services, something along those veteran services. Yes, yeah, yeah, I think that's. And yeah. I, I met Lori Sutton before General Sutton. She's okay. amazing, amazing. Yeah. And that's unfortunately she stepped down, but yeah. you know we're, she's we're running for, for mayor. Yeah, that's why I hear. And uh, she's got my vote. But okay, I got you. <laughs> Do you know anything about Colonel Herndon? I think that's the guy's. Uh, yes, I think he's the one that replaced. Yeah, yeah. He was running the NYU Langon. Uh, it's a center that he had for NYU for veterans. Right. And it's quite, 
quite and, uh, yeah, he was successful. ROTC too. In yes. The, yeah. So yeah. All right. Um, I have a few questions that um, you uh, touched on topics. Um, first of all, the time. Um, why is it that they feel that the Vietnam veterans are complacent? Um, that we don't. Uh, I'm actually a Vietnam veteran. Appreciate that, your service, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate yours also. But why is it that um, they feel that the Vietnam veterans won't or don't want to take advantage of any opportunities that's presented them by um, our Congress? I, I believe a lot of it is a self-ego. And the whole military now, we look at the Vietnam veterans like war gods. Because what Vietnam era, what they really went through is crazy. Like, I can't describe it. And I can't I put can. myself <laughs> I, I can't put myself in your shoes of what right. you went through. Like it's it's insane, but I appreciate your service. Okay, and so what really, really hurt is the way all Vietnam veterans were treated as soon as they got back, as the end of war. Right. With the sessions of the hippies and how people were being very disrespectful. And I guess that still carried on to those Vietnam veterans who went overseas, came back and was there's no respect. Ostracized. Yeah. Okay, with that being said, uh, then you said only the E1s through E5s. Okay, um, you expanded upon that a little. I just want to want you to touch on it a little bit further because, yes, the E1s to the E5s are generally, the e, for E5s, you have to re-enlist in order to be E5. So and that means um, you well, do six, five to six years. Correct. So that, I think that's changed about the E5. A lot of them, well, you have to go through a certain school, but you don't have to re-enlist. There's a lot of people who have six-year contracts or seven-year contracts okay. as their first contract. All right. And so a lot of them make it to E5 and then you know think about it, and they're like, you know what? The military is not for me. Because the military is really not for everybody. Absolutely. And I respect you even if, like, if you didn't pull all 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, you deserve nothing but respect. You still rose, you know, you, you, you rise... You put your right hand up. You put up your hand up, right? And you, made and you volunteered. Yeah, right. and, okay. and that's nothing but respect right. there. Yeah. All right. The wounded or disabled. Um, now, what does that mean? You, you need to expound upon that a little bit because um, in order to be disabled, you said um, in order to receive the, the benefits of this program that you have to be 30%. Well, we also know there are veterans who are disabled with 10%. Okay, or less even because they have disabled zero. Correct. Okay. Now, how is it that the ones from ten or zero to thirty, what happens to those people? It sounds like to me that they fall through the cracks. So there are other programs. Uh, there are other other fellowship programs that allow mm-hmm. veterans in general, no matter what percentage or if you don't have a percentage of disability, you can still work for a member of Congress. And there's other fellowship programs, but for this specific uh, uh, program. They look for veterans who have 30% or more because at that point, you know, they, the VA qualifies you as a veteran who really has issues and continue to seek medical help for those issues at the VA. And, yes, I know there's one that, that's going around about the ear ringing in the ear. Mm-hmm. The VA doesn't, majority of the VA, when they when they look at that stuff, you get a 0%, you know, as, as disabled. Just character. to get a rating. So, right. I, I yeah, I understand the system. Sometimes you just, in order for you to receive um, any type of, um, treatment, you need a rating, even if it's right. zero. So yep. you need that. And that's how it works. So uh, I want the listeners, any listeners that have any questions, I want to direct your questions to WBN Radio, we belong network.org. Already direct your questions there and um, they'll feed them to us and we'll get your questions on the air as soon as you can. Um, this is the 13th floor. <laughs>
Career Fellowship Program. So again, mm-hmm. thanks again. All right, so Jeffrey, I know you're a vet as well. Uh, how long did you serve? I did four years. In okay, you did four years. Army. That's what's up. This is a good show. Right yeah, yeah. Army talking. We had a we had a Marine schedule, but you know whatever. He I guess they're he, still partying from their birthday. It is yeah, what it yeah, is, yeah, man. Yeah. You know he went talked about some taking some beach or something. I don't know, whatever, man. Be, be it <laughs> See, as I, I was just at the parade and uh, oh, literally right in front of me there was a, a Marine. And he was had his host like host suit and everything was marine, mm-hmm. and he was just yelling at the top of the lungs saying PT is a birthday, Devil Dog's birthday, and then the guy next to him he was in the army, and he made a comment like, man, those crayons must be pretty good, Dad. And this guy is going off the air. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Yeah, you know the you know the joke of a, a, a marine and a soldier walking to you know. Uh, well, we'll finish that off okay. there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got another question I just like to ask also. What is your involvement with the Wounded Warrior Project? So I ha- I have a couple of veterans that come from the Wounded Warrior Fel- uh, Project actually, right. and it's uh it's it, it's a what they do is they help out rehabilitate this veteran who's missing a limb or something more severe. Um, so what I do is whenever they have issues as far as care, sometimes the VA won't process paperwork correctly, even if it has to do with uh, a prosthetic leg or something like that. Those those typical those requirements from the VA they take a really long time because they have to get approved by so many other doctors yes, and officials. I know. So <laughs> what I, what I do is I'll step in and say, hey, you really need to help your veteran. You know, you're part of this organization. Let me make a congressional inquiry for you, and we'll have a response between 15 to 45 days. And that's really? what that's what a congressional uh, inquiry does. Wow. So when we send it to the VA or the DoD or even to the Department of the Army, Department of the Navy, whatever branch of service, whenever mm-hmm. they have an issue. We have to get a response between 15 to 45 days, and that's by by law. Mm. Like that that's something that Congress had put up. Okay. So it's great. a really cool thing. So we Congress really does care a lot for their veterans. Yeah, I've always found that uh, I, in doing the research for this and other programs um, that I've been associated with, I find that the money is there, but there's a disconnect from somewhere. You know, it, it, whether the disconnect is from DOD to VA or from VA trickles down to the actual. Soldiers, you know, sometimes because I know the programs exist and I know the money's there, but sometimes getting it to the vet actually in the <laughs> in need. Yeah. So walk me through that. So how how do you how do you reach out to the vet? So do you wait for them to walk in, or do you actually so are I, you proactive? I do both. So I I do uh, for the congressman. I do uh, every three months. I do a uh, veterans town hall meeting, and so it's not about me answering your questions. Because I'm, I don't know the answers to everything. Right. I just want to know what the issues are. So how do you really know about what veterans face in our community, without holding these events where you can sit there and say, "Hey, introduce yourself. Tell me who you are and what are the issues that you face." Well, not you, but you as a, as a veteran in your community. What are the issues that you're currently facing? Whether it's the VA, whether it's you know finding a home in New York City, or even the biggest issues that we have we face all the time, which is uh, veterans that are homeless. So New York City, so, well, the VA says, well, if you're really a, a homeless veteran, how come you're not signed up at a shelter? We have so right. many We have so many veterans who refuse to sign up at a shelter because they know the dangers of it. Right. If, even if I was, I'd rather sleep on the street than go into a shelter. Yes. And, and, and that's just the safety of myself and my family. And so they see it as sometimes you have a lot of veterans who actually, they, they will live or stay with a friend or family member and they're not considered homeless because they're li- they have a roof over their head, although it doesn't belong to them. So they can't qualify for HUD bash. Right. HUD bash is a really good program, but it's really hard in New York because you have the boundary of 
the 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 the, uh, the, the homeowners, the the management companies that don't want to deal with veterans because they feel like they're a liability, which is completely wrong. And I hate if any of the listeners, anybody who's a veteran that feel discrimination as a veteran, you have to report that because that's intolerable. Absolutely. So you hear that. So your listeners, you hear that. If you if you feel like you've been discriminated against, then you need to reach out and how do just to the local congressman who are the senator. How, how does that work? Any, Is there any of your elected officials? You can call any. Three one one. So you so you hear that. So that it doesn't get any easier than that. If you have an issues with anything that you believe that you're being discriminated against, you call three one one. You ask, and they will direct you to the proper authorities for, so so this can get redressed. So back to your question as as far as the, between the DOD and the VA. Yes. I will tell you something that I've noticed personal hand. I believe the D, DOD has issues of those veterans who or those who are soon to be veterans, and. What they do is they put up a shield. Yep. And the DOD shield, as we all know, is known as the VA. Mm-hmm. The VA says, well, hold on. It's not our fault. It's the DOD's fault. And so it's a back and forth thing. I think that's when things really don't get fixed. Like, one of the things that I really, really hope to get fixed before, you know, I continue moving on in my career is I want a better program for those who are about, those who are about to be veterans, who are about to get out of their service, not to be offered their jobs. Because anybody can have a job. But I want those veterans to be offered their career or even like myself who was offered a fellowship program into the career that I want. I've always wanted to help out veterans. Mm-hmm. And I had great, great NCOs who, who taught me what it is to be a leader. And it wasn't about doing your military service, but it was more of taking those, taking care of those who fall under your command. And so at the position I am, I feel like I owe to the community that I represent, the congressional district that I represent. And so I reach out to those veterans and say, hey, what are your issues and how can I help you? If it's issues that are really out of my hand, I will, I will get an answer for you. I will reach out to other organizations that will take you, you know, take the care from my hands okay. to take but care of you. Let me ask you a quick question then, with that being the topic. Um, how do you or the Wounded Warrior Project assist a veteran in transitioning into civilian life? I mean, um, I understand that you are a program to help veterans, but how, how effective is it? And... Um, how do someone like me, let's just say um, I'm a Vietnam veteran, my likelihood to hold a job for very long is low, okay? Um, but someone just transitioning from the service into civilian life, um, when I first came out, I was lost. So how would somebody who... Yeah, walk okay. us through, somebody walks in, walk us through, okay, walk us through a typical, hey, I, I don't know what to do, I need help. Okay. Somebody walks into your office and how do you help them? All right. So I, 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 this is this is great because I can tell you a story of a veteran that actually walked into my office. Please. And recently got out. So he he's like, hey, I just moved back and I'm out of the military. I, I got out as a specialist and I don't know where to go. And I said, all right, first of all, are you in school? Do you have any educational background? Because I really suggest for you to take advantage of that GI Bill. You, how, you know, how does it sound for you to get paid to go to school? He's looking at me, he's like, what are you talking about? I said, hey, did you go through ACAP? He's like, ACAP is the uh, yes. th- that program that they help you write your resume. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you have a resume? He's like, yeah, but I don't trust it. I said, listen, I didn't trust mine either, and it got me nowhere until I got beat up a couple times. So what, what I do is I'll tell him, hey, start with school first. You got to have some education. Even if we think we believe in it or we don't believe in it, you got to have it. You got to have some type of paper saying you went to school. Mm-hmm. All right? And then 
you, you're actually getting paid to go to school full time. Yep. And if you're really, really smart, you can get a side job and start earning money and just spending money for you to enjoy yourself. And while you're doing that, you're, you're starting to network. Get involved with your community. Get involved with your elected officials. Reach out to your community. You, when veterans get together, things happen. I noticed when veterans and veterans get together, things do happen. And so I, I, I told this, this young specialist, I said, hey, get together with other veterans. I'm a veteran. This is my email address. This is my phone number, my work phone. Shoot me a text whenever you need help. Do you have yes. a place to live? He's like, I'm living in my mother's house. I said, stay there for now. Enjoy the no rent. Because once you get your own place, <laughs> that rent's going to kill you. This is New York City. And he's like, yeah, you're right, this and that. I said, hey, by the way, apply to this program. Apply to the same program that I'm in. Anybody can do it, any veteran. He's like, I don't have my disability ratings. I am like, did you see the DAV? Have you gone to the Purple Heart Legion? Like, have you gone to the American Legion, IAVA? He didn't know any of this stuff. And I said, okay, uh, let me get you connected to IAVA. Because this is a young veteran. What is IAVA? It's Tell our listeners what that is. So IAVA is the Iraq Afghanistan Veterans of America. Mm-hmm. It's one of the largest and the newest, um, well, most recent organization. Fraternal and, organization, yes. And, and they're growing, like growing, growing. Yeah. And uh, it was the founder is Paul Reichruf. Reichruf. Mm-hmm. The guy is amazing. He has his own uh, a show on uh, on his on, on he has his own show. It's called Angry Americans, mm-hmm. and it's just phenomenal. Like he's he's very motivated. He actually helped create the uh, the show. Um, we are not done yet, yeah. which is uh, on HBO, and okay. it's truly touching. Um, so, so what I did is, is I got him involved with IAVA, and I told him to also reach out to DAV and other organizations so they can start on his claim. And so, so you got to. I'm sorry, I, we know what DAV is, but you got to tell all this. Uh, okay, so it's the, uh, uh, the the disabled American veterans. Yes, and uh, I got him involved. He got his rating. He was going to school. Plus, getting his disability check, mm-hmm. and he was uh, rated at I think eighty percent because he because okay. he had okay. PTSD. Okay, and post-traumatic uh, stress disorder. Correct. Mm-hmm. And he also had TBI, which is a traumatic brain injury. Okay, from an explosion that he went through. Wow. Um. So, I, so he, now he's making good money, and he's like, "But I'm not happy still. Like, there's still more that's missing." Sure. I said, "You're in school, you're making some money, and you're getting." And I helped him find a. A part-time job. Right. I think he was doing T-Mobile, and I think T-Mobile is really good with their employees, especially those who are veterans. Yeah. yeah, they do. They have a tremendous program. Uh, yeah. It's like almost fifty percent off. Yeah. For for T-Mobile. In fact, my buddy just uh, mm. sent me a text and said he went from paying um, two hundred and fifty dollars a month to ninety dollars a month wow. for for, uh, for three phones. So yeah, T-Mobile is great good. with vets. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Anyway, I cut you off. I no, apologize, no, Jeff. Go. So, he, so he's making his. You know, he's so, making money. Right. And he's going somewhere. And so I guess he, he was he's in the process of graduating and T Mobile reached out to him to make him one of the one of the regional managers. Wow. And so I said, Listen, you are kidding well. me, right? No, I'm not kidding. You're this kidding is me. this is real. Now is this it, this is not the the standard story, right? This is no, no. This so is, this is one lucky story. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, yeah. That's you a know, great, that's a great story. I, I, I always, I have veterans that you know, it's just impossible to get them help because what they're asking for, what they really, really need, is just not there. And so, such as what you talk so about with the mental Michigan. health, or you talking mental health? Or? No, no, just certain stuff. I, I guess sometimes you want to be seen by a specific doctor or your childhood doctor, and I guess the VA oh. can't accommodate. Well, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you're already. Well, why do you, what, why do you feel that? Because that. Uh, to me, I mean, that would be an unreasonable request. I mean, here, you know, I can get you help, but I can't give you that particular doctor. Correct. Know, so. so the VA is already offering right, the, right. what he really needs, and they have appointments for him. So he doesn't fall under the Mission Care Act. And it's like, 
you really want that doctor, you're going to have to pay out of your pocket. No, I get it. You know. So, again, a listeners, of, uh, this is the 13th floor of We Belong Network. Direct all your questions to WBN Radio, WeBelongNetwork.org. Direct all your questions there. And if you have any questions for us here on the show or for Jeffrey specifically about the uh, Wounded uh, Warrior Fellowship, uh, please um, send it in. Send your, send your questions in. Now, that that story you shared with us seemed like you took a personal interest in that soldier. Do do you do you uh, walk every soldier through that? Yeah, is that commonplace? I, I do that a lot. Like um, even with with families. Is that, is that the structure? Is that the structure of the program, or is that just Jeffrey doing what Jeffrey does? It's both. Okay. So that's mostly comes from my heart. Okay. Like I said, I had a, a one of the best NCOs, uh, Sergeant Rital, and unfortunately, he uh, ended his, his his life during service. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, and I, I guess it broke my heart, and like I still kind of. I tr- sometimes I still have trouble trying to move past that, sure. yes. and I carry my memory bracelet everywhere I go, and it's something that's a part of me. And so I took that leadership skill and I applied it to life. And it's like I need to take care of every soldier or every veteran that I meet, some way or somehow, or even just say thank you, just that, even thank you, because you feel appreciated. Or even checking up on friends online or on Facebook or on Instagram, hey, what's going on, buddy? How's everything? Right. Just that, just a simple that will change the mindset of anyone. Yeah. And, and it's not just veterans. We also have family members, friends, people that we barely talk to. Sometimes you never know what they're going through. And just the, hey, how you doing? How's everything? Just catching up. Just by seeing that will change somebody's mood. And um, I, I guess that's more of where I come from, taking care of soldiers and veterans and doing my, and having a passion for my career. Because mm-hmm. it's not a job. This is more of a career for me. I get it. And, and so... You're going to pursue in politics? You're going to pursue a career in politics? Or are you going to stay... So I, I want to stay where I help out veterans. I don't want to be. Well, we need politicians to do that. You know. Yeah, we we do, but I I guess it's a little. I don't know. I've my wife tells me she's like, hey, you should run for at least community leader from where you live at. And why not? Yes. Why not? I mean, you know, I love I love the story that uh, Harry Truman was a shoe salesman, and uh, he was a he was a shoe salesman, and he was something about uh, they needed a a street light on on his street and something like that. And his wife said. Well, why don't you run for alderman or whatever it is, you know, and, and the rest is history, you know, yeah. and, and Harry S. Truman is considered one of the better. I know he's in the top 10 presidents, you know, yeah. depending on what list you list. But, yeah, <laughs> so he ended up being one of the good, the better ones. Let so, yeah, that it could be you. I mean, I would love to be like, I, I, I knew him when, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you another question. And uh, speaking on the programs, are there any other programs like this in Congress or is this a specific um, program. So this specific program, I got it through uh, the 756 applications that I put through USA Jobs, <laughs> and this was the lucky one. Like it's it literally, it saved my life. I, okay. I was a doorman before I was uh, okay. working in, in for Congress, and uh, union. Yes, it was union job, and actually before that, I was a car salesman in Orlando. Okay. Like I literally left New York to go to Orlando to see if I can have a better life or sure. cost of living was cheaper. And then I came back here because I was offered a, a, a 32BJ union job. And I liked it, but it was more of a swing shift. So you're working midnights, overnights, mm-hmm. mornings the next day. And it's just like it, it was just killing me slowly. And I said, you know what? If I don't get a good job by this summer, I'm just going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to collect unemployment. Or I don't know what it was. What a lot it of us felt that way. But again, are there other programs so that, 
so okay. this is the only program that's actually from the House of Representatives. Like okay. this is the only program. But however, there are other veteran there there are other veteran organizations that yeah. have a fellowship program. Okay. Like uh Vets Vets on the Hill is another big organization oh, okay. that they have fellowship programs to work in Congress and in Senate as well. Okay. So this is a it's it's, it's this is the only one for Congress, which is amazing. Isn't I'm sure there are. I don't know if there are uh, ones that actually hire people to work at the at the White House uh, mm. fellowships that work at the White House. I'm sure. But there's fellowships everywhere. Like it, it, I I I I suggest people look out for for fellowships. Yeah. Than I do for them to work to look for like uh, internships because fellowship is. You're reading my you're reading my mind. I was going to ask you what is the difference between an internship. And a fellowship. What's so, a, what's the difference? So a fellowship is more of a hands-on, and then you, most of the times you get hired by that person that you work for or that company you work for. You get a direct hire. An internship is more of like you're you're doing your hours. Some are just paid internship where you're getting the experience, you're putting it on your resume, and then you move on. So the fellowship is more of you're working for this person for this how many time this x how many years or months whatever time frame, and then you get hired by that person. Okay. So okay. it's your foot in the door, pretty much. It's a training, right. like learn as you go on the job training. Right, right, right. But it's more of on the job career. So that works. That works. Um, so again, uh, the veterans that want to um, get a job like yours, what is it they have to do? Uh, all, I mean, if they fall, if they fall into that category, and uh, and the category is with the thirty percent or more between mm -hmm. E one and E five, and O right. one to E three, O one to O three. And if you qualify between that and more than welcome to, you go on usajobs.gov and uh, you search up fellowship. And there's a few jobs. There's a CAO fellowship program, which is the one that I belong to. And, and it's okay. right on there. And this is the 13th right. floor, uh, We Belong Network. Uh, dot org, and we're speaking today with Jeffrey Tolentino. He's the director of veteran and service members for Congressman Adriano Espinosa. Wow, that's twice in a row. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> He's he and the congressman Espinot uh, serves New York 13th congressional district, and uh, Jeffrey is also here with the Wounded Warrior Fellowship, and run that runs right out of the congressman's office. Correct. Correct. So the the program comes from the capital, from from the, the capital, right? Yeah. And you're and you, and so there's 78 of us right now. So every every congressman has. Someone like you in his office? No, they're not everyone. I guess you got to be really lucky, or you have to have seniority while you're um, as, as a as a as a congressional member. And uh, you, I guess it's a lottery, pretty much. Whoever is whoever really needs a veteran or wants a veteran, they can request one. Understood. All right, we have our first question from Facebook Live. It's from Summer. Uh, thank you, Summer. Uh, are there volunteer opportunities? How can citizens help support the program through volunteer uh, volunteerism? Um, Thanks, so That's a really good question. I appreciate that question. So what I suggest is reaching out to your congressional elected officials and ask them to make, um, to kind of come up with a, a, a thank you or a minute on the floor. Ask their congressional member to have a minute on the floor to recognize the CAO and the Wounded Warrior Fellowship Program. And so as a citizen, all we got to do is call your elected officials and have them speak on, have their elected officials speak on the Wounded Warrior Fellowship Program. And so that right there will expand us for everyone to know. So the more... We talk about this program. The more the elected every elected official gets introduced to this program, the more veterans we're going to have working for elected officials. So right now there's, there's seventy eight no yeah seventy eight of us. When I when I started it was forty six of us. So within a year and a half it's expanding and it's mm. growing. And 
there's new elected officials like Ocasio-Cortez who was unaware of the fellowship program. And once I got to inter- you know meet her district directors and her staff, and they were like, hey, so you work with this person? I said, yes, I do, but however, I'm part of this program. And so it raises up in a flag like, oh, this is awesome. We get to have a staff that's paid by the House because it doesn't go on the member's budget. It goes on the House budget. Right. So you're getting someone who works for free that in two, for two years and has nothing but experience, leadership position, has understanding of how the military works, the VA works, and you're getting someone who's very knowledgeable and experienced to help you grow as an officer. Yeah, where do I apply? Yes. <laughs> so uh, I want to ask you, as, as someone asked, uh, Summers, Mr. Summers, what's the last name? Summers. Miss Summers. Okay. Summers. Okay. Summer. Right. Summer. Well, the gentleman asked a question as far as volunteerism. Um, you don't have to be a veteran. Um, and if you are uh, associated with a veteran, like families and friends, um, what part of that do they play as far as supporting that program and the veterans? Uh, so, so it's a little tricky on how to support it exactly. It's more mm-hmm. of calling or reaching out to your congre- uh, congressional elected officials get that. Mm-hmm. and saying, hey, can you, when you have a chance, can you please speak on the Wounded Warrior Fellowship Program and thank them for what they do? Or, or Philip Kikos, who's a director of the program as well. And that right there, just they're going to be like, oh, what is that? And then they'll go back to their job. Some of them will know what it is. Some of them are like, oh, I'm still waiting on the wait list to get, you know, a fellow. And uh, it, it just creates more awareness, like I said. So mm-hmm. I think that's where us as the community, as, as, as constituents, we reach out to our elected officials on behalf of that program. Okay. Well, let, so, the other qu- the viable question would be, we as a digital network, WBN, um, how can we help produce or how can we help push this organization to veterans and their families and friends? Now, the families and friends could only volunteer on the program, right? Uh, for the, To be a part of the program itself. Yes. So it's only for veterans. Only for veterans, right. exactly. But they can volunteer um, their services, right? Um, so the way they can do that as well is reaching out to their congressional elected officials and ask okay, to enter. Okay, I get it. I get it now. You know, hey, yeah. can I enter for your office? I'd like to help out veterans or, get, or engage myself with the veteran right. community for your office. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be just uh, um, the Wounded Warriors Project. If you're going to volunteer with your congressman, then is that what you should exactly. do in the name of Wounded Warrior Projects? So let me be clear real quick for a okay, second. Okay, okay. So I, I don't have any associations with the Wounded Warrior Project. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, okay. I, I only do it. I only work for the Wounded Warrior Fellowship, Fellowship Program. Fellowship Program. I get it. Okay. The project is very different. That's oh, an yeah, organization yeah, yeah. to help out. Uh, you explained that earlier, too. Yes, yes, yes you yes. did. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't want to make them look bad or anything like that. I have no ties to them. No, so you no, we're no good. T- okay. <laughs> That's, we're good. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Oh, there. no, no, I you're good. You're that. good. It's also for our listeners to understand the difference. Yes. In both. Right. And I think that's the reason why we're aiming to change our name as well, because a lot of everyone, a lot of people like to associate sure. the Wounded Warrior Project to the Wounded Warrior Fellowship Program. Right. But they're two different things. Yes. Right. Two di- different distinct Correct. things. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So if, if, like I said, anyone who knows veterans that are a veteran or even a service member that is in trouble and needs help or whatever it is, have them reach out to the elected officials. If you're in the military and you're having issues with your unit or pay or whatever it is that your unit itself hasn't done in a timely fashion, reach out to your member of Congress. You can't get in trouble for that. That's illegal. You can't get in trouble for reaching out for your member of Congress. You can't be penalized for that either. So the way stuff really works is we receive it. We get your information. We ask what unit you're from or 
where you're living at, if you need a health and welfare inspection or something like that, we can arrange that with the Department of Defense. Right. That's on. So, so to be clear, so you you offer services for African comp active component. Correct. Uh, um, well, they're not vets; they're soldiers, or you right. know, military service members. members yeah. yeah, service members. So, all right. So you, so you work with veterans and active duty. Correct. Okay, that's and okay. reserve, National Guard. Right, right. The National Guard is a little hard because they belong to the, the state. state. Yeah. So it, it works a little different. There is IG, but there really isn't because right. there's Attorney General involved. Right. right. So it works a little different. But other than that, if like uh, a couple months ago, I had a soldier who, who was in the army and he was in uh, Kuwait at the time, and he was having issues where he was getting kicked out and he needed help. And he had made some comment of him hurting himself. And that's a red flag. Like we, we, That's something we need to report immediately. So before I even emailed anybody, I called the Department of Defense or the Department of the Army at the Pentagon and said, hey, we need a health and welfare inspection right now. And so by the luck of God, we actually saved this kid's life because yes, he was really yes. planning to end himself over something that can be easily fixed. Mm, wow. And so he is still in service, which is, which is what we helped him with. Hmm. And it was just the issue of paperwork that was misconstrued, and he belonged to a different. It was just he wasn't getting paid. He wasn't getting paid. That's the always was key. Out and that was it was just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I could st I could share a worry, a war story about that too. I, I actually yeah. I was in the reserves real quick. I was in the reserves during the first Desert Storm, and that's when um, the the reserve component, uh, the active duty component, and the guard were literally three different agencies with three different pay systems so i joined the reserves all right and my and i'm still looking for my recruiter because he said oh no the reserves haven't been activated in 17 years so, so so i joined the reserves and i went from active duty basic training ait two drills and i was back on active duty so what happened was th the pay didn't catch up yeah so i was on active duty pay then they sh shifted me to reserve pay and then i was i was literally downrange in kuwait not getting paid you know, because it never caught up. Yeah. So I and in fact, you know, my unit is one of the units. Why that? Why they actually put it all under one on umbrella? I know I digress. I apologize, yeah, Jeff. It's but, a scale now, yeah. But yeah, but uh, but the army does have come a long way with those issues. In fact, I'm kind of shocked that they did pay is still an issue. That 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 boggles my mind. You know what it is? It's the it's the transformation between unit and leave. Yeah. Because a lot of people when they get new get orders to new unit, before they go to the new unit, they'll take leave. Right. And so their leave is like going back to the States or going back to home. And you're not signed into the new unit yet, but you're still considered the old unit, but you already signed out. So they're in that limbo effect mm. of like, you, like for instance, it happened to me when I was trans transitioning from Korea to, to Fort Bliss. I had about three months that I was getting paid on leave. or I think it was a month and a half that I was getting paid on leave as if I was in Korea. But I was no longer in in Korea. I was now being transitioned to Fort Bliss. Um, so during that time, I was getting paid as if I was still in Korea. Mm -hmm. When I got to Fort Bliss, the first two months, I got paid nothing. For two months? For two months, because the Army decided to take back their money, because I was no longer stationed in Korea. Uh, wow. <laughs> so that, that, was a, that was a huge issue. Yeah, it's funny. When, when, it's, when they make the correct... When they, when they make the um, correct thing they, they they hit you they come at you they take your whole thing you know when they pay you back they pay you back in increments but when right. they when <laughs> when they recover the money they take it in whole chunks so yeah my my, uh, my uncle he did 22 years in the military service he said listen 
the army is very fast to take away your money, but to give it back to you, oh, yes. you're going to have to wait the rest of your life for that. Yes, we all suffered that. I'm still waiting on some money. We all suffered that. I'm still waiting on money. So, yeah, again, we're, we're here. This is the 13th floor. We belong network. Uh, WeBelong.org. And we're speaking with Jeffrey Tolentino, Director of Veteran uh, Service Members for Congressman Adriano Espadot, the New York 13th Congressional District. And he is the member of the Wounded Warrior Fellowship. Thanks again, Jeff. Oh, no problem. All right. Heartfelt. Tell me something that really... The thank yous. Okay, there you go. The thank yous from the veterans. Okay. As a veteran myself, we all we all have this, like, ego. Like, you know, we don't need anybody's help. We got it on our own. You know, we'll keep on trucking. Drink some ibuprofen and water and we'll be fine. <laughs> range yeah. of candy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a range of candy. And so for them to turn around and say, hey... Thank you so much for what you do, and that right there is, it, it touches me because it's yeah. it's real. Like I really helped this person from whatever he was in, and a lot of the times, believe it or not, your member of Congress is really like your last resort of getting help, because a lot of the times you'll call whatever agency that you need help with, and you'll get it fixed with them, but your last resort is always your member of Congress, where they have to physically or or, or even, they have to physically step in and say, hey, what's going on here, and they'll physically like I've seen my member of Congress or, or, or my boss. He will physically call somebody on the phone and get the stuff fixed, and and if for, for just because that was the last person, that was that person's last resort, was to get help by Congress, yeah. and so that right there, and then for me to get it, well, I say, and for them to say thank you, mm-hmm. that means a lot because yes. Do you I, never, I never got a chance to say thank you to my to my NCO. I hate you. So that right there is like I, sh- you know, that's what I wish I told him. So okay. now, do you live in um? Do you live in the thirteenth district? district? No, so I live in College Point. I live in Ocasio Cortez's district. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, and I travel all the way up here to. I work out of the state building, the Harlem State Building, and uh, I travel every day. And it's not bad. I drive, so it's not it's not bad. So I, I was just going to share a quick story of what happened to me. I'm sure it's uh, it's very common with all the veterans who get out. So I got out in 2015. Okay. And uh, when I got out, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to stay in Texas. My wife was like, "No, we're having a you know we're having a baby. We already have a baby. It's not fair that you grew up with your family, but you know, and I did too. And now the baby's going to grow up without his family, mom, aunt, you know, everybody else around him. And so I was like, "You're right." So I went back to New York, and I'm like, "All right." I always had this mindset. If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Absolutely. So I went to school. I went to school. went to school. Graduated my associates. I went to school. And I was like, oh, man, like, I'm not making it anywhere. I don't know what to do. I'm getting paid by school. And I'm also doing, you know, getting a, uh, I'm getting a, my disability check. And on top of that, and I'm being a private investigator. And I still wasn't happy. And so I wasn't getting paid much of what I thought I was. I wanted to get my own private investigating license. But the person I was working for, he refused to. And. It was just a whole mess. I was being treated unfair. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, he made a comment. He's like, I don't care if you've done the same type of job in the Army. This is not the Army. Your stuff is not appreciated here. We do it my way. And so that was a cue for me. Like, this guy really is rude. Like, you know, how do you even talk to me like that? Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you out. I've been sitting in court all day just for to show him evidence. And when I got the evidence, all I had to do was just give him, the, you know, the video. And, and it's just like I was being treated unfair. So I said, you know what? I'm quitting. I went to school, and I applied to so many jobs. I'll never forget this. I applied to Avis, car rental. Mm-hmm. And when he sat down, he looked at my resume, he goes, well, how many people did you kill? And I look at this guy, and I was like, oh, you know what? How old was that guy? 
was a young guy making a joke or just he was, was, uh, he, he, was a, he was one of the managers at wow. the, at, at the Avis at the the Avis in uh, LaGuardia. Mm. Wow. And I just look at him and I was like, That's he's bananas. like, yeah, my they have another worker. He's a Marine. He tells us he tells us all the time. And I'm like, am I gonna get hired if I tell you? And he's like. No, I just wanted to know. You have too much experience. We can't hire you. Mm. And I'm like, what? Like, how is this even possible? Like, yeah. I felt like mm. I was discriminated because I was in the military. You, know? you were being discriminated, but and that's the whole thing. See, I've been asked that question many, many, many times. You know what my answer always was, always is, is that I don't know because I'm not finished yet. <laughs> and that'll shut him up. You know, they go, oh, okay, then, you know, I think I better ask him that question. I, I have this really cool hat. Most guys who are military intelligence, mm -hmm. they call this a super squirrel. Mm -hmm. see, mm -hmm. We're the secret squirrel, squirrel guys. Yeah. yeah, secret squirrel. So I have this patch, and it says, if I tell you, I have to kill you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what I said. So when they ask me great. stuff, like, what did you do in the military? And I just, like, kind of show them around with the hat. And mm -hmm. If I tell you, I'm going to have to kill you. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's cool. But that's only because, you know what, um, there are people out here who are indifferent to us as veterans and don't know um, what we've gone through yeah. and where we've been. So they, they, they can fathom what we've seen and what we know. And most of us don't want to talk about it. But when we do, of course, they don't understand it. So that's why it's so, so important um, that we have programs like yours yeah. and that you're here now to explain to people that there is another way. You know, you don't have to be homeless. There are answers to your questions. But like all questions, you have to seek out the answers. The answer's not going to come knocking on your door. And, and you know what it was? I got out of the military, and I was considered to be homeless because I was living in my mother-in-law's house in mm -hmm. the room. And it was both of my kids, both of my dogs, and my wife in yeah. one room mm -hmm. on a, on, on a full-size bed. And I appreciate my mother-in-law because she really saved my life. Yeah. And it's like we apl I applied to apartments. I went to, to see so many apartments. I had the money. Then they turn around, they look at you, and you're like, oh, you're in school? That's fine. That's not considered income. I'm sorry. Right. And it's just like, what do you mean? Right. I'm getting paid to go to school. I can afford rent. So, okay. And so, that's the issue we have here now. Well, well okay. Mm. I'm glad you brought that up because that's because I know that uh, the post-9-11 GI Bill, it's they give you it's BAH correct and BAH doesn't count as income it, it's not taxable you know it's not it's not considered income so how can we educate lenders or, or, or landlords or owners to let them know that this is actually is income so actually thanks to Lori Sutton and the human uh, the, the Commission on Human Rights that's changed now so you can't is use it? your GI Bill as income now Excellent. the only thing is you can't use it to buy a house because your GI Bill doesn't doesn't last more than 30 years no, right. most house mortgages no, no. Or 30 years Plus, so you can't buy yeah. a house with the, with your GI Bill but you can get an apartment to rent you can do that now right, right. and if somebody says no to you you call through one immediately because that's that's it gets law so there you go so you can All use right. that but when I was going through everybody would say no that's not considered income and I think the problem is with the GI Bill is that it's not consistent right it, it's really not consistent because you have like your vacation you have to be in school and, and when you're in school you'll have like the semester doesn't start till a month and a half later. Mm. It doesn't start that same month, and I think there, there's this, this it's huge prorated. gap. It's prorated. It's prorated, right? And and you get a and it's not. It doesn't start for like you said. It's a, they're always a month behind. Correct. So yeah. So and, and I think uh, if we're, or I'm actually trying to work something in Congress where all the school, all colleges that actually have accept the blue ribbon program, which is also a federal program for mm -hmm. colleges to to uh, blue, finish this. Song. Blue ribbon. Yeah. Yellow blue, ribbon. Yellow ribbon program. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. And. If, if a school participates in that program, 
they should already have a program for veterans for them to go to school consistently and right. not have that gap and miss payments on the GI Bill right. or their their rent. Because for me, when it was like December going mm-hmm. on to February, mm-hmm. like there was no school throughout that whole time because it was vacation. You know, right. You had yes. And it's, we can't control that. It was just a school and we weren't getting, you know, it was $2,000 less of a check. Yeah, I know that. I know that doesn't. Uh, once you get to the master's program, I know that's advanced. But oh, yeah, once that, you get to that's the ma- an issue, yeah, yeah, that's that's also an issue. Uh, you know, do you, do you know anything about uh, voc rehab? I do. I actually was part of the voc rehab program, and that's how I got here as well. So okay, let's talk. Let's tell us what does voc stand for. So with the voc, actually, it's changed just a little bit uh, recently. Where um, before you can use your Chapter Thirty Three, mm-hmm. which is your uh, GI Bill, your post nine eleven GI Bill, mm-hmm. and you can even have one day left on it, and you can transfer over to the voc rehab, which gives you an additional. Like Eleven months or uh, two 12, years. Of I think it's twelve. Twelve months of school, right, right. and they can always extend that if if necessary. necessary right. But you have to qualify over thirty percent more veteran. Like you have to be disabled over thirty percent. Thirty percent or uh, over thirty percent. Over thirty. I thought thirty percent and over. That's okay, that's yeah. That's why I understand as well. Yes. Thirty yes. percent and over. Correct. That's the key number. Yes. Yes. And, and so, I I got my associates and I was like, all right, I'm gonna. I went to school for another year, and I'm thirty credits away from graduating now. But it, I, I used the GI Bill program, the Voc Rehab program, and when I went to the orientation, they're like, hey, this program is amazing. We can set you up with a computer. We can do this. And because this is educational and rehabilitation, even though you have your you know, mental health issues or whatever adjustment issues, we can also help you find a career that you want. So they sit you down with your counselor and you, know, you go over what your goals are, you know, what you want to do in life. And I've always wanted to be some type of investigator to go help because that's what I did in the military. I was mm-hmm. a 35 Mike human intelligence collector and uh it was one of the best jobs one of the weirdest and the best jobs ever mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. so um when, when uh when i went to the counseling i, I, I it was miss Cl- wanda clark she no longer works there and she looks and she goes you're really smart jeff but i'm gonna do everything i can to help you you're gonna you have to go to because of the program states that you have to seek a uh, department of labor counselor veterans counselor uh, she got hooked me up with Mr. Dalton, who works out of Flushing, Queens, because I live in Queens. And this guy, he looks at me and goes, you're really smart. And I'm, and you have that passion of wanting to do something. He would call me every other day saying, hey, I'm sending you a job application. And then right before this, the, the Wounded Warrior F- uh, Fellowship Program was closing, because uh, Monsters is the one that really runs the, the, the USA Jobs. Who? Say it again? Monster. Oh, yeah. The, they okay. kind of run the USA Jobs. But I found out later that you got to pay for their, the government has to pay for the advertisements on that on that website. Right. So right before it was closing, he gives me a call. He goes, hey, are you by a computer? I said, yeah. He goes, you literally have about four hours to apply to this job or you're going to lose it. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, just apply. You fit in that category. I applied and here I am today. Thanks to <laughs> Mr. Win. Dalton. Win. Hey, yeah. Mr. Dalton, kadoos to you. I sent you some. And, and I called and say, "Hey, Did listen, you? I got." Is he on your one. Christmas list? Is he? He, he, he will be, always be on card, my Christmas yeah, list. Myself, my family, and everyone around right. me. Well, again, let's move off business. So, Jeff, you said you're married, kids. I am. All right, so how long have you been married? I've been married for almost seven years now. Okay. Right. I, I was. Uh, it wasn't for the BAH. It was for love. All right. <laughs> was she a soldier as well? No, no. She, okay. she's, she's a soldier at home. She okay, I got up. you. Yeah, no, yeah, she, man. She. Uh, <laughs> Command Sergeant that, Major, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's four star general yeah. and Command Sergeant Major. There you the go. The Colonel. She's a commander in chief. And uh, your kids? Kids, I have two kids. Uh, so my oldest his name is Jeremy. Mm-hmm. He's five years he's five years old and uh, he has autism. So I'm really okay. involved with Autism Speaks and uh, they they've helped me out and I know they're growing 
and they're starting to get involved with more military because we have a lot of veterans that have ch children that yes. have autism. Okay. And so I, I'm trying to create this community of veterans who have children with autism. That's great. Now, are so, there any, any, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Were there any specific programs that address that? Or, no, or, so that's something that I personally, me, that you I want to create. I want to start that's what's up. getting and, involved with. And you know, I want to create that. And you know how you do that? You become a congressman. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Yeah, that's how you do that. No, no, seriously. So, no. Well, no, that's that's wow. That's really admirable. Yeah. You know, because autism um, is he on the spectrum? Uh, yeah. So he's considered uh, mild to severe. Okay. Already. Um, he's nonverbal, and okay. but he's like the greatest gift I've ever gotten. No, I got you. Because it it opened up my world of what autism really is. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. being that veteran that. We fo I focus more on like my mental my issues mm -hmm. and the issues that I have with the veterans and it kind of at the same time I get home and it's like they pale in comparison correct and it's like I look at my son is like mm -hmm. if you think you have it bad yeah you got someone to take care of who can't speak or defend for themselves right, right and so it's like how do I combine both and it's like mm -hmm. I really got to create a program where I can do veterans and veterans with children with autism sure that would create an amazing community it would and uh, and so my youngest, his name is Jackson, and uh, he's four years old. Mm -hmm. And this kid is brilliant. And I went to a parent-teacher conference with him, or like a, his birthday party. We celebrated last week on Friday. Mm -hmm. And uh, I brought cupcakes, and I'm, I'm sitting there in my son's classroom. My son is really quiet. And I look at the teacher, I was like, hey, do you guys have like an extra room here? Because I'm about to live in the school. My son is a perfect angel in school. Yeah. And when he's at home, man, this kid is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him, I was like, hey, what are they, what's going on in school? They beat you in school or something? What's going on? You behave perfect. And he goes, mm. I don't know, daddy. But this kid is amazing. He's four years old. He Great. knows his dinosaurs, the name of dinosaurs at the age of four. I don't know my dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, I know T-Rex. That's about it. Oh, you know? I, I've learned because of him. <laughs> and he's just a smart kid. He plays yeah. soccer, too. Okay. And, and so really let me good. ask you a question on that line, Sin. What do you believe are your limitations and strengths? As first, as being a family man, and secondly, of um, helping the veterans in your job capacity. I believe if you have passion and you have that drive to take care or if you have that that trauma that's happened to you in the past mm -hmm. yeah. that pushes you to do better, you can get anything done. And, and I feel like with those who veterans who have family have even more of an understanding because I'm in their shoes mm -hmm. or I've been in their shoes. And so I think my strength is more of communicating. I've always been a good talker. I've always been a person to communicate and influencer. And I'm not going to stop. I'll never stop. My wife says, like, there's this picture my wife showed me once, and it was like, like, my husband and I just got on a plane, mm. and he's already the best man at somebody else's wedding. <laughs> and it was, like, the difference between intro and extrovert. And it yeah. was, like, that's me. Like, I would be the type of person that I'll meet you right now. We'll be best friends tomorrow, mm. and I'll be your best man forever. Right. So that's okay. the type of person, and that's how I carry myself. That's what's up. Okay. All well, right. that's your strengths. What are that, your limitations? I, I guess the sky's the limit, man. I think that I, I could do whatever you want me to do. I'm, I'll get it done for you. If you have that, if you show me honesty, loyalty, and respect, we get a lot done. Okay. Yeah, right. we're here at the 13th floor, WeBelongNetwork.org, and we're speaking with Jeffrey Tolentino. He's the Director of Veterans and Member Services for Congressman Adriano Espadat, uh, the New York 13th Congressional District, and he is a member of the Wounded Warrior Fellowship. So where do you see the fellowship moving forward? How are they moving forward? Where, where do you see them in two years? Where do you see them in five years? Where do you see them in 10 years? So I, I believe I see it to the point where every member of Congress, every single member of Congress, every committee, every subcommittee 
has a veteran director or has a veteran working there. And to the point where every veteran will play, there will be a veteran and the role of a veteran will be will be added to every elected position's office. Like, I, I, I was doing something about the Veterans History Project, which is a really cool project. Um, so I was doing some research on that, and I'll, and I'll explain what it is in a second. And I was like, all right, how do I get, like, an elected official to, to participate in that? And I had to call every elected official. Well, I did it out of my heart. I called every elected official for the 13th Congressional District, and we only had one veteran elected official. And, and that what? was, yeah, and that was... Uh, 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 Assemblymember Al Taylor, mm-hmm. Alfred Taylor. He's a veteran. He was the Army veteran, and it's and I told him I was like, hey, you know, you, feel, you should feel really proud of yourself because you're the only veteran. He's like, really? I said, yeah, and thank you for your service because you made that difference. You're a veteran, and just like even uh, Dan Kreshoff, he's also a veteran, and some people may hate him, some people may like him, but just for him being a Navy SEAL and now being a con- congressman is mm-hmm. something special. In the veteran community, regardless of what you believe in and what party you belong to, yeah. just the word veteran means a lot. Yeah. And um, I went to a gala once, and they, 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 there's something I heard. It was really, really amazing. And they said, nobody ever says no to veterans. And it's very, very true. So um, what I, I like my last things before I go, because I have to go soon. But I, I would definitely like to encourage all our veterans, if you need help, speak up. If you need help, speak up. And if you know of a veteran, just give him a call. Your old pals from the unit, mm-hmm. hey, how you doing today? Instagram, yeah. whatever. I you know, still talk something. to all of my friends, too. <laughs> right I, I'm only on Facebook because of that. So yes. on that note, I want to thank Jeffrey. Thank you for coming, for being a member of yes. the show. It's an honor. Oh, no, no, the, the honor was us. The honors was, was ours. All right, this is... Be an appreciation. Appreciate it, yes. It. This is WeBelongNetwork.org. This is the 13th floor, and we want to thank all of those at the video for allowing us, giving us the time and airtime to speak to this and bring this um, fascinating and needed information to our listeners. All right, I'm your host, Wayne Townsend. I'm here with Mr. Bess and Jeffrey. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, all right. We're, we're out.